Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. <laughs> hey, welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin, I think. Joining us for the seventh time on this lovely podcast is Rob Baumeyer. Welcome, sir. Welcome back. I know it's the seventh time he's been on, but tonight it feels like the 20th time he's been on. That's correct. Yeah, for the seventh time tonight, uh, (laughs) Rob has joined us. So thank you, Rob. Well, it had had a crap out on us one of these times, right? It's just like running the odds. Seven times, it's been flawless. It's got to shit the bed once. I guess. I guess. Yeah, it was. It were, we were due. Yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, so let's yes. get to this, gang. Cause, all right, Doug. All right, so number one, uh, check us out on Spotify if you haven't already. That's we exist there. Follow us, like us, listen to us there. That's great. Uh, number two on the list is uh, you know uh, don't forget to join our Discord. Hang out with us in our community. You wanted that leak. You want that link? Go to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Uh, down in our uh, the little tile, there's a Discord link in the Discord. It says Discord. Click on that. Join our community. Also, check our socials. We post it there. It's a great community of cool people who hang out. Uh, we play video games together. We just chat, shoot the shit, talk nerd stuff. It's a wonderful place. We'd love for you to come join our Discord. Please do. It would be great to have you. Uh, also, we have merch that will be moving to a new and better platform. Currently yes, on Teespring. Will. Currently on Teespring. Hopefully not for much longer. So, uh, just know that there'll be coffee mugs, there'll be tote bags, there'll be shirts of all different stuff. We got. We'll have sweatshirts. We'll have stickers. We'll have buttons. We'll have coasters. Uh, we'll have backpacks. We have Pillows. everything. Pillows. We've got. Take a nap on us. Wall <laughs> canvas, wooden canvas uh, pictures and frames and stuff. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Like. It'll, it'll be great. And finally, Wolf's Lore will get his mug at long last. He's asked for it. So stay tuned for that. For now, you can go to Teespring, but just know that Teespring, um, they spit on your grave. So just know that. So that's that's how they are. Wow. So, um, you know that, and then, you know that favorite uh, grandparent you have? They made fun of him. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And then also, um, don't forget to check out our video game stream every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Come hang out with us. We play video games. And also, just follow us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash MindGapPodcast. Click the follow. Make sure the notifications are on. It lets you know when we go live, when we record our podcast. You come hang out with us. Also, come hang out with us when we play video games. This Saturday, January 17th. I'm afraid to touch anything on my computer at this point, so I'm just going to do this old school. There we go. We're headed back into the dungeon. As we go back into Dungeons and Dragons, the fantasy board game, starring the one and only Justin Strandlin as Maya Welcome, the Elven Wizard. We've got Eric as Josen, the cleric. We've got Sam as Wolfgar, the human fighter, and of course, and we have, and we have Jarvis as Lita, the rogue. She's the rogue who sneaks around and finds stuff. So this Saturday. January seventeenth. You know, it's the sixteenth. I don't know. Time and space are a mystery to me. Eight PM Central it's Time. Twitch.tv slash my get podcast. We'd love to see you there. Justin, over to you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, are you doing okay, buddy? No, I'm not. No. Oh, we tonight has been a night that has been riddled, absolutely riddled with riddled with technical problems. So I don't know. uh, I don't know how this is going to sound in the final episode when you're listening to this on the podcast. 
you might hear a lot of laughing and stopping and starting, and it won't make a lot of sense. But if you come hang out with us on Tuesday nights when we record, it would make all the sense in the world. So, uh, yeah, you're welcome. Welcome, Brian, first off. Personally. <laughs> I'm so we are, uh, we're here to discuss a, uh, uh, an atrocity is what we're here to discuss. I think uh, if, I'm, if I can be so bold. Um, y'all, y'all watched uh, Wonder Woman 1984? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Initial thoughts. Well, I want to say this. All right, I've already talked a lot already. I don't know what's going to happen at any moment, so I just need to speak my mind. Uh, first of all, we're not here to take a dump on this movie. No. All right, that's not, not our goal. Our goal is not to jump on any bandwagons. Our goal is not to just shit talk something. Um, our goal is just to give our observations of this film. And I think we can give some positive stuff, which I'd like to start with. Um, there are some positive things about this film. Uh, and then there's also um, some negative stuff, too. So, um, and I think there's some other things to sort of crack open here. And also, if you're listening to this, guess what? Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Um, we're going to be just totally uh, getting into this movie. So if you've, <laughs> if, if you've never, uh, if you haven't seen this movie yet, uh, go ahead and hit pause. If you're listening and check it out another time, or if you don't give or a shit. Or just wait, and this episode might pause automatically on you. Also true. Or if you don't want to waste uh, the length of time that it would take to watch uh, this movie, which is, by the way, longer than Avengers Endgame, um, we'll, do you the tr- we'll, we'll save you the trouble. I'm having to do that. You know, how about that? So um, just want to state that up top. We're not, part, we're not hopping to- on a bandwagon. Right. I this movie like is objectively you, bad. You came... <laughs> You came out saying that because that is very true. Like this is not just a we don't always want to shit on everything DC puts out. It just they make it so easy. I mean, let's face it. One of their first movies that was really good, Man of Steel, you know, solid right. film that I don't think deserves all the hate that it gets, you know? Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Somewhere Jared's head just exploded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, that's Superman Returns. Yeah, that's right. So which um, arguably is the best one. But we'll, yes, never mind. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, Rob, I want to start with you. What were let's let's start with the good stuff. What were the things that you enjoyed about this movie? Go. <laughs> Was Thank that one of the ones you were telling me about? That's, that's fantastic. Uh, I thought the movie was uh, visually stunning. I really liked the effects and uh, just how much fun it was to watch. Uh, I liked the, their they played a lot with different colors um, and they really kind of like immersed you in all the different acrobats and um you know different uh the, the choreography of the movie that was kind of fun um there's not much else to it to me honestly besides that that uh, i enjoyed it, it it was kind of a disappointing film for me all right but I'll, I'll reserve that for the, the next part of the conversation <laughs> justin how about you i agree with with both robin and the chet wolf's lore it was beautifully uh or aesthetically beautiful like it was it it looked good the colors were there I thought the cinematography, uh, when it wasn't just pure CG, I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, you know, I I liked the performances from most of the cast. I thought Kristen Wiig as um, Barbara, is it Barbara? Walters. <laughs> Ron, I'm Ron now Barbara. a kitty cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, whatever, I can't remember her name. Uh, someone help me out. But uh I thought Kristen Wiig did a, a killer job at it. Um, I was I was actually floored at how much I bought her in an action role because all I've known her is comedy and then a little bit dipped into like the skeleton twins, a little bit into the drama side. But this, she just knocked it out of the water. Gal Gadot is amazing. Um, you know, Chris Pine is always fun to watch. So I thought I had a, a small issue, <laughs> I'll say, with uh, with uh, Max Lord, uh, yeah. I thought he wasn't just chewing the scenery. He was like devouring it, shitting it out and then re-eating it. It was just it was a lot. All right, let me it's stop a very, you right very there. Big performance. Second Harvest is useful at certain times, especially for survival. So I just want right. to want to make sure we clarify that. I don't I want also want to I don't think he uh, I don't think he's a bad actor at all. I think he's a, I love him in The Mandalorian. I just thought that this was uh, I thought this was a little big for my taste cool 
That's fair. Uh, personally, I really enjoyed the first 15 minutes of the movie. I think that was the strongest Absolutely. element of the movie it, when it was uh, young Diana. And um, again, really well done. I think it really showcased uh, the Amazons, Amazonians, I almost like Amazon, Amazonians, uh, what they're capable of as a culture. I thought that was really cool. You got a taste of that in the first Wonder Woman as they were like training and things like that. Um, but to see young Diana as she, um, you know, is attempting to take on, you know, do this 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 event, this event, this race, and seeing everything that they're they're capable of, and also a really cool lesson uh, that she learns initially, which is you know taking the easy way isn't always the right way because she, you know, spoiler alert, she cheats uh, and and she she messes up and she cheats, and as she's about to win. Uh, uh, I can't remember her name. I'll just call her by her character's name. Jenny uh, grabs her and stops her. <laughs> um, and she's like, and Diana is like, what are you doing? I was going to win. She's like, yeah, but you cheated. And she was like so calm about it. It was like an awesome parenting moment to me. Cause like Natalie was watching this movie with me and she, Natalie was engrossed. She's like, oh, what's this girl doing? She's riding a horse, and oh, she's shooting the arrow, and then oh, I'm like, oh, she, and like, she's like, Dad, what's what's gonna happen? I'm like, I haven't seen this, I don't know, and we were right. enthralled at the very end when Jenny takes her and whatever. She's like, she's like, why did she do that? I was like, and she's like, you know, I was like, she cheated. I was like, you can't, you can't cheat and then win. That's not how this works. I was like, and I was like, I'm like, this is a great moment. I'm like, do you see how important this is? Like, this is a really, it was like a really cool thing. And then we're going to pause. <laughs> and I think the other thing that I enjoyed about the film, um, I actually really enjoyed uh, uh, Pedro Pascal's performance, honestly. Like, for, really? for the insanity of this movie, for what it is and what he was doing, like, I believed him. Like, I believed who he was. My favorite scenes were when he was with his kid. Like, he was, he was like, you know... I don't know. Like he was really. I feel like this is similar to uh, Tom Hardy in the Lobster Tank in Venom. If you guys have seen that movie, like he committed. Like yeah. he committed a hundred percent. He's like, I'm in this movie and I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it my all, and he really did it. Um, and I kind of enjoyed that. And I'll also say a lot yeah. of people shit on um, Cheetah's final form. I didn't think it looked that bad. No, Ooh, it, I'm going to hard disagree like, there. It wasn't like cats bad. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I, I was. Think it, I think it was. I think it was. I actually think Cats would have been an upgrade to this. See, I I was expecting I much worse based on the trailer, but when you actually get the close up shots of it, I was like, I thought it looked really good with what she had in her face and uh, whatever they had on there. I was like, oh, she actually looks kind of scary, and she looks pretty impressive. Um, that's about where it stops with her abilities for me. But uh, outside of that, I didn't think she looked as bad as I think everyone gave it credit for. So, Doug, I, I kind of want to go back to what you were saying about the beginning of the film, because I completely agree with you. Um, for me, what was most disappointing about this film was when you looked at Wonder Woman and uh, Batman v Superman, she was by far my favorite part of that. She was strong. She was she came in like a force. Um, and even in the first Wonder Woman standalone film, she didn't need anyone to help her out. I mean, she was a strong person. What I, I was disappointed with is that her character in this film was so dependent upon the relationship she had, it almost debilitated her. And I feel like it really stripped down that character. She, you know, she didn't need this character. This is this person to kind of couple with her to make her strong. And I think that did it a disservice. Um, I was disappointed with that. I felt like they could have, they could have taken a step up from where they were and really established her as that strong Amazonian prince princess that she is. Uh, And I just felt it was kind of a cheap way out. It was a cheap way to play to the audience. And I just, it was too stereotype, an archetype for me. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. Justin, what did you think about that? I, I agree. I thought that this one, she was much more, <clears throat> she, yeah, she was much more dependent on the guy. Now, I think one argument you could make is that through the throughout the film, she learned that she's stronger on her own. Like, because when she was with Steve, technically, she was, she, uh, you know, saw a reduction in power. So, she wasn't as powerful when she was when she was with her guy. And so when she gave that up and went out on her own, she gave up the wish. She gained her power back. You could make I've heard that argument made. I personally think that while I I hear the argument, I 
Dune. I don't personally think that that's that's not how the movie read to me. The movie yeah. read to me that she has been for 66 years. She's been emotionally stunted and has right. not been able to mentally move on. And it's consumed her life. And it's and like, that's not what this character is like. She's right. she's pure power and and like confidence and just goes. It, it seemed like it, it took the development of the character back a step or two. Yeah, I mean, to that argument, Justin, I think that's kind of a cop-out. I mean, not your argument, that, that whole play yeah, on yeah. she got stronger as she went on because of that relationship. That's some male savior shit. I, I, I'm hard-pressed to believe that in 66 years she couldn't have had her own struggles elsewhere and moved yeah. on. I mean, like that to me, that's why I'm saying it's a cheap way out. Um, and I think it didn't do that character a service, and I was disappointed <laughs> with that. Um, the other thing I'll say about the movie is because of you know, Justin, we've, we've, we've talked about the, the whole pre-production and the Warner Brothers producers trying to like really get into it and pick mm-hmm. the movie apart and not let um, the whole thing develop as it should. It felt to me that production hit pause and play four times throughout the making of that film. It felt so disjunct to me. And there was these weird like fragmentations of the movie that kind of felt sandwiched together. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't feel like a, um, a free-flowing film, if you will. So right. it, it kind of took me out of it a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. Um, that was one of the things like Jill was reading her book while also this movie was playing and she was like coming, kind of cutting in and out of it. And I was just saying, I'm like, you can just put that book down and commit to this. She goes, I refuse. <laughs> and, uh, but she was like kind of coming and going and doing some stuff. And she'd just be like, wait, has she been just, just, focused on this guy for 40 years i go oh no this is he was from world war one so it's been much longer she goes you tell me for over 60 years she's been infatuated with this guy i was like she, yeah she's like man fuck this movie like she was like not having so, it you know yeah, he has uh extended you know dining alone sequences and oh, you know i i just looking I, I, longingly at the moon it's such it's such i think just it, it was it was it was not the right fit. It was one hundred percent not the right fit to have her. Because if anything, if she's learned, because we also learned, because I just recently rewatched Wonder Woman, uh, the first one too, is she knows she's been raised as an Amazon. Like Amazons are like men are brought into our our culture to reproduce, and then most of the time we kill them, like praying mantises. Like that's how we operate. Like we don't. She she even recounts to Steve how she's read the 12 volumes about like love and sexuality. And she's, he's, and he, Steve's like, Oh, I would love to read those. She goes, you wouldn't like them because the conclusion is that men are not necessary for pleasure. Like she understands it. Now, does she, does she get to witness love for the first time? Yes. So it could also possibly be that thing. Like that's the only time she's ever loved a man before. So there's a connection there, but also it's been 60 fucking years. Like, I find that hard to believe that she's just been this locked into this guy for 60 years. She sees an airplane go by. She just looks up at it longingly like, oh, right. I remember when he sacrificed himself with all that gas in the air. Um, Yeah. So I I don't also, you know what, you know what it was? Yeah. It was safe. It was safe. It was a safe play. And that's what I'm saying about the production. I I have no idea where that they, they made that decision, but I mean, look, we're in a pandemic. It was not going to go to theaters. They made a, a, a very bold choice of going straight to streaming, which mm-hmm. kudos on them. I think that's a, a really risky play. And I think it's going to change the landscape to some capacity of how oh, we can sure. some film um, and what's going to go into production. We, we're going to talk about DCEU in a little bit, but um, who knows? I mean, maybe they just want to play the safe card, but at the same time, that does not do the character's service. And it shits on your extended universe that you're, you're touting so much. Like, mm-hmm. So where do you go from here? Like you've established she's now a weak person, which right. is kind of offensive. Or is she? And that's my takeaway. Not after this character arc. <laughs> well, the other thing is Wonder Woman three, if you, which has been greenlit along with Wonder Woman four. Um, I think the other thing is that if you if, let's play this out, okay? So let's say Steve didn't die in a plane accident, uh, you know, in, in 1918, let's say that he lived a long and healthy life. It's, he was what conservatively 35 when in 1918 thirties, right? We'll, we'll call him 30. We'll go with that. 66 years later, that puts him at what? 96. 
and she hasn't aged a day. How do you think this is going to go? Like you like to, to be, to, to say that she has learned about love and now can't let this guy go. You're going to have to let people go the rest of your life because you don't age the same way humans do. So if you fall in love with a human, guess what? Hey, gone. All right. Here's the thing. Gone. I want to take that and I want to dive a little bit deeper. How the fuck does she maintain her employment? Because she doesn't age, right? That's what you're that, saying. Now we're getting yeah, into this. Yeah, movie. I want to know because it, you know, we know that she eventually works at the Louvre, right? And it's just right. like, you got to have a resume of sorts, recommendations, and it's going to be like, yo, this lady doesn't age ever. What the fuck is going on? Like, I see I see your plot hole, and I'll raise you another plot hole. When did she start flying? <laughs> when did she start flying? Okay. All right. If we're just going to jump to that sequence, let's jump to this sequence. All right. Well, let, I want to. I want to. I want to just for a second put a pin in that because like there's so much to get to before that. Yeah. There's just yeah. so much to yeah. get because that, that is absolutely something. I know. I know. But all right. But let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Point, okay. Like you work in the Louvre, and now you work for the Smithsonian. So now you have a government job, and you're telling me like what happened to the background checks. What happened to, you know, in all the time that you've been around and going to different places, never once on a security camera, photos, anything like you've got to go in and out of these places which have security photo or security cameras. Nothing has ever been brought up before. Like, do you just walk around destroying security cameras wherever you go? Because there's photographic evidence of her being from 1918, which Batman gets a hold of. Like, that's true. She's gotten paychecks, which means she has to pay taxes to some respect. So there's obviously a record, which also would also assume that there's some sort of social security. I don't know what happens in Europe, but there's some sort of record of her existence. Right. So she's got to pay rent mortgage. So there's got to be that, Bob. land it's, like it's an egregious plot hole. What, what else can I say? All right. And I don't like somewhere. I don't like focusing on these things, but the movie pushes me to do it. Because it makes it confuses me, and it makes me because I get distracted, I start thinking about some of these things. Where I'm like, how the fuck is she gainfully employed? Like, well, I don't want to think about employment while I'm watching Wonder well, Woman. <laughs> that's what bad movies do. Yes, they get you to think about <laughs> stupid stuff like this. Yes. All right, I want to go back. I want to go back to what happens at the 16 minute mark. We just had this beautiful introduction to young Diana. We're setting up some sort of moral that barely gets played out in the movie, but I like it, Uh right? Uh We go from that to a mall somewhere, probably near D.C., I assume, and we've got a bunch of dudes doing a heist at a mall. And then we get introduced to adult Diana as she's sort of like whipping around, whatever, and she's like fighting these guys. And this whole sequence annoys the shit out of me. For a couple of reasons. One, the action in this movie is confusing in a lot of ways. Like, there's sequences where she's, like, running fast, and it just doesn't look natural. It doesn't look good. Like, it, it's like she's on wires or something. You can tell it just it doesn't, it doesn't look good, as opposed to, like, Civil War, where you have uh, Black Panther, Cap, and uh, Bucky running in that tunnel. It's like, whoa. These guys are running fast, and it's cool. I love the effects that they did with that, where they actually were pulling them on carpets, which was really amazing, and they were sprinting on the carpets. Fucking awesome. Whereas I look at her, and she's just like, you know, she's running fast. I'm like, I don't think she's running. It's weird. Okay, but anyway, I say that because the action sequence here, what's happening is she's flipping around. She's doing stuff. She's lassoing people and then flipping them around. I'm like, where is she going in this mall? Like, what is? It's a whole lot of acrobatics to, like, tie someone up. Like, it's, it's not efficient, whereas in one, the first Wonder Woman, we see her training, and we see what she can do, right? She's firing arrows, she's fighting, she's punching, she's efficient, where this is like, welcome to Wild Bill's Lasso Show! It's, and to me, it's it supposed very to... Cirque du Soleil. It's supposed to show, I think, in some degree, like, how badass she is, but I'm like, I don't understand what she's doing, because she's also making a great effort not to kill them, right? Because she could. Right, she could absolutely rip these guys' arms off and beat them to death with it. Right, no problem. We we establish how bass it is. So after all of this, wrangles them off, and then what we have to assume she drops them from the roof of the mall because they land all of them on top of a cop car and it destroys the roof of the cop car. So though we can assume that at least half of those guys are dead. 
Oh yeah. Broken spines. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Look, let me ask the question here because there's such a, a stark difference between the choreography and, and just the sequencing between Wonder Woman and 84, what broke down? That's a great question because in the, was it the scene just after they breached no man's land or before where they were in the, the town when they were fighting in the town, yes. like yes. that was some legit badass choreography and yeah. fighting and cinematography work because it showed her moving faster than everyone else, but in a very, believable way in a combative way in a combative way she's slamming into i mean god the 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 apex of that scene Mm. there's a sniper in the in the bell tower of a church and the guys lift up something they push her off and she fucking explodes (laughs) through the roof of a church i'm like super cool that's how you take out a sniper it was amazing you see her busting in through walls and she's like dodging she's moving she's swooping i'm like this is pretty cool like i remember watching the trailer for that movie going like whoa okay Wonder Woman's like got sword and a shield. I'm like, this is badass. This is really cool. Whereas in I'm this, because there was a whole question is like the only weapon she has in this movie is her lasso. Right. Like she doesn't right. have her sword. She doesn't have her shield. And of course her fucking bracers, which look, I like a movie that involves a purple guy that has a nutsack for a chin chin that has a glove that apparently has all the essences of the world and when he snaps his fingers half of all life disappears and dies right i like that movie i'm sorry i can't handle someone who's just gonna block with their fucking wrists right i just i don't i their forearms like this is just it's insane it's insane that she can just do this when she had a shield in the last movie like it's just yeah I don't, but that's that's always that's always been Wonder Woman canon. I, I mean, that's just that's the way that's always been. I, There's I been a lot point. of canon in comic books, Rob. That is insane on th- on on that, that works in a comic, but is bonkers, batshit crazy in a movie. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean, but if you're a fan of the character, you just that's part of what you accept about it. I mean, I'm a fan of the character, and I've always read about that, and to see it like on film to me is kind of cool. That's I get cool. That it's not it's not your choice, and you, like it, no. you don't buy that, but because you know, that's trying to be true to that. I appreciate that, but that's one of those things where I would bend the rules a little bit in terms of so what, like. What would you do in place of that? Give would her just, her fucking shield. If you have her just do that the whole time. Give her her shield. Give her her yeah. shield. I mean, it's just that because I look at her as a warrior. That's also my problem is I don't necessarily like her outfit either because it's obviously sexualized. Yeah. It's just like she goes into no man's land in that first movie with her shield and she's like long legs, bloomers. I'm like. You know, even when Thor goes into battle, right? He puts, he summons this armor, like this additional defense. And what I really wanted to see, because I've also seen comics where Wonder Woman was decked out in full plate armor. I'm like, that's what I wanted. Like, that's what I want to see, because that's why I take her as as a fucking fierce badass wearer. And that's what those Amazonians have. They have the leg guards. They have yes. Yeah. Do they have skirts? Yes. But they are fully, more fully fleshed out in armor. I feel like. Uh, than normal and that's what I would want to see when she goes into battle is that sort of stuff she is a warrior who's been trained with all these things not just a lasso now we see them using like other Amazonians using the lasso and stuff in the beginning of the movie like hey this is one of the things that they use but I would like that to be a tool in her arsenal not the main weapon she has for the whole movie because it's like she has her fists and she has this lasso and this lasso as Justin brought up at one point in time seems to be endlessly long like well, she's riding the lightning. I mean, it's got to be pretty long if you're going to be riding the lightning. I feel like Ride the Lightning is a unreleased <laughs> ACDC album. It's Actually, that's pretty album. sure that's the uh, Metallica album, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it sure is. Oh, shit, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> your that. wish is our command. Yeah. So, I, I think to answer your question, uh, Rob, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what went wrong with it. Um, as far as well, like some of these action sequences, but they didn't feel right to me. It didn't feel natural at no. all. No. I'll tell you. Contrived. I'll tell you what changed is the uh, choreographer and the movement choreographer was different between number one and number two, as were some you. of the stunt coordinators as well. Let me ask you this: uh, Patty Jenkins wrote both scripts, right? Correct. So who produced, was the same producer part of both films? Well, uh, it was the same director and writer, Patty Jenkins, for sure. Uh, producers, there was a buttload of them, as there always is. Um, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, everyone and their and their mother has is a producer on here. Zack Snyder's a producer. Gal Gadot's a producer. Wesley Collar, Toby Hefferman. Like, there's just Here, everyone's a producer. Here's what I'm driving at. This movie feels to me a lot what happened to um, the crossover between Batman Forever and Batman Returns. You, you had the studio get way too ingrained into the production value. There's no doubt that Tim Burton's Batman, he was the captain of that ship. That was his vision, especially in Returns, which is dark. It is almost disturbing. They let him do it. And then after that, they saw how much potential there was. They couldn't get themselves out of their own way. And so they got themselves ingrained. Tim Burton signed off on it. And then he had Joel Schumacher's Batman. And we all know how that wound up. I feel the same thing happened here. They, for some reason, it felt like the studio didn't allow Patty Jenkins to, I don't know, flesh out her ideas enough where they had to throw all this fluff in there to make it approachable and to make it digestible. And Doug, to your point, I mean, I agree. I think Wonder Woman um, in this incarnation is way too sexualized. It doesn't need to be. There are so many other really cool imagery that you can pull from, from comic book canon to make her look way cooler than, you know. And, you know I say like this, like I, if she's if she's attending a gala and that's and she's using her sexuality and her femininity to be subversive or, you know what I mean? Like in the first Wonder Woman, right, where she... She takes that dress and she goes into this Nazi, or I guess they're not technically Nazis yet, but like the German ball and whatever. I'm like, yes, that's her using her feminine ways to accomplish her mission and whatever. But I I don't know. I just, it it feels, I get really upset when I play video games, when I read comics, when I read, see TV shows or movies where it's like, like, here's a someone, here's a woman in a suit of armor. We're going to make boob cups for her because it's like, no, that's, that's. That actually makes the armor weaker because you're bending it more in these things, which is what I loved about Game of Thrones with uh, What's-Her-Face. Yeah. The, the tall lady, she wore regular armor like anybody else. They weren't boob cups. Yeah, Brianna Tarth. Yes. She was... Yeah, she was... Exactly. She was a knight. She was a warrior. Exactly. You know? And I guess, I guess that's just I what agree. I was hoping for uh, with this Wonder Woman. And um, I... I I just... I don't know. That didn't, that didn't work for me. That didn't work for me. I, you know... I also don't understand, too, how she would be like... <laughs> We get it. She saves a kid in the beginning and then she just like she's flying around this mall and then she just looks at the girl and she goes, shh. It's like everyone can see you. <laughs> everyone can see what you. What secret are we keeping here exactly? And also when she throws her tiara like cap shield too, I'm like, uh-huh. wait, that we we gave up a sword and a shield for a tiara and a lasso. Like that's that's what we're doing. Like what? Yeah. Why? Just the fact that the lasso was uh, just acted just. It, it defied physics. It, it, it acted of it's like it's three feet long. And now it's, you know, 200 yards long. And now it's back to right. automatically it around really fast. It blocks bullets, you know, like it, just, it, it does like, everything. Like we said, we're OK with with, you know, uh, Iron Man and his, uh, you know, his his suit defies physics. Right. Tony he gets shot, shot, shot with a tank show in the first right. movie. He would be dead. He would be liquefied be on the inside. Yes. All right. He like. would be liquid. <laughs> We get it. But like, it's just, again, I think what happens is that when you've got a movie that, that breaks down so early and so big, everything else falls like dominoes. So where your mind would normally be like, Oh, we're just going to go ahead and accept that because that's what this is. Everything starts to become, well, that doesn't make sense either. And it just starts to, it just starts. It's a domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. I would, it's a good point. I mean, it really didn't set itself up to begin with. Well, no, yeah. and uh, it it just kind of rippled downhill for the whole two well, hours. I guess 40, I didn't understand the rules because I also have a hard time with the movie. Its premise is based on wishes, like that's. Oh, here we go. That's a tough sell for me. Yeah, where I'm that, like, that was look, a horrible plot. There are amazing Wonder Woman stories out there. There's incredible ones. I would have loved to explore the pantheon of Greek gods further, but maybe they're like, we already did that in the first one. It's like. Okay, I guess, and you also established that all the gods are dead, I suppose, because Ares killed them all, so maybe that's gone. But I mean, like, uh, I mean, this is When's just the so- last time someone being dead stopped them from showing up again? Fair enough. Good go. point. Definitely not this movie. Good point. There you go. But I was just, the idea that's like, there's this thing that grants wishes, and not only that, the way we establish that this stone that they find grants wishes is. <laughs> As Diana and Barbara are holding the stone, a random guy walks up and goes, man, I really wish I had some coffee. And then walks away, and then someone goes, hey, I got this extra coffee. <laughs> Do you want it? He's like, oh, man, it's hot, too. <laughs> that was a moment where... 
That was a moment where Jill. Cue music. Where Jill was like kind of half running. She looked up and she was just like, What the? Wait. She goes, and she waited. She goes, is that guy going to come back? I go, what guy? She goes, the guy that talked about his coffee. I go, no, why? She goes, then why did he just say what he said? I go, because it's for us to establish that this stone grants wishes. And then she just put the book right back up to her yeah. face. She's <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. It was such I, like, I'm sorry, Justin. I keep talking over you. Go. No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want you to be able to express your feelings about the wish stone. No, I want I want your take the on the wish stone. on the the stone of wishes. I I think anytime again it's it's very similar to the time travel. Anytime that you you make a you know uh, you make something based off of of wishes or anything in that realm, and you have to follow the rules of a genie or the rules of a whatever, it starts to it it gets it gets a little dicey. And I think the way they introduced it, I think, was very odd too. And the fact that I guess to the fact that uh, they were able to just find a random Mayan who lives in Washington, D.C., and they get from Egypt back to D.C. like that. And uh, the, the guy's just like, oh, yeah, here's everything you need to know about the wish stone. Let me open my tome of knowledge and flip to the right page. My great-great-grandfather you know. was a Mayan, and they wrote all this down in this book, and I put out flyers telling people everything come by my place to learn about there, Mayan history. There has to be a mathematical equation that establishes the, uh, the, the the law of suspending disbelief because there's there's a fine line where if you keep adding on and adding on, you just it's just garbage. But then there's also the other end of the spectrum where you know all of it is just like, yep, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna breathe it all in. You know, I know right. that all of this is fake. But this movie felt somewhere in between where they just kept adding more and more for you to like pacify and just agree with. Yeah. And it just compounded on top of itself and just created a really bad story. Like they wrote themselves into a corner and had to like, all right, what's the MacGuffin to get us out of this? Uh, River City DQ18 said something really interesting that I I noticed it, but it never it didn't stick with me. And now that you're saying it, my God, yes. Diana never spoke her wish. She only thought it while holding the stones. So what are the rules? Because everyone so, else in the film right. had to has to it. touch and they have to speak exactly what it is. And that is, again, like, I don't want to get hung up on things, but that is also a, that's that's such an easy fix, yeah. right? right? That's such right. an easy fix. Like, just. It's a really bad plot hole. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's very bad plot hole. And, yeah. and, and, and a movie littered with bad plot holes. That's right. saying a lot. Yeah. Well, and with, with, so in a world, a stone. in a world with all of these crazy things, like a stone and, you know, all this other garbage, uh, you accept you have to be ready to accept a lot of weird shit. You've seen a lot of weird shit. But at the same time, if a random dude just walks up to you and says, hi, Diana, I'm your lover that died 66 years ago. Within 45 seconds, she's just like, oh, Steve, like one might argue that psychologically you're just willing to accept anything as your boyfriend at that point. So can I pause you for a second? And yes. Along that same line, obviously she, he only looked like Steve to her. Yes. He's a different person. Yes. So that really confused the hell out of me. Right. No. Okay. All I can see, all I can see is you. Well, then you better get your eyes checked. Cause all anyone else sees is Hank, uh, you know, Swanson and uh, you know, his family's wondering where he is. Hank, the banker. And that's yeah. all he is. Um, no, that's a really good weird. point because it's very much a ghost moment, you know, from the movie Ghost, where Patrick Swayze goes into Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> body and we watch as Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze are making love. But no, that's a lesbian experience between Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg. Like, that's totally Swayze happening. Swayze ain't there, baby. No, ain't he's no not. Ghost dick. Yeah, that ain't happening. So same thing here where it's like, I see him, but I'm like, but she doesn't really. You know what I mean? Like. Right. But it's like, a delusion. Everyone else's, wish, everyone else's wish came true, right? I mean, like you saw it in, in the physical world and this didn't. So that was another thing that kind of really confused me. Right. You know? That's exactly like, the, oh, well, we'll bring them back. But inside some, well, that's again, what are the rules? Because I would say, I would say, because, you know, ending the rules because it's the monkey's paw thing, right? Whatever you wish for has a cost. Don't I'm start like, with I, the monkey's paw. I was, <laughs> we will. <laughs> <laughs> Because the idea was that like you get a wish, but it, and it, there's a weird twist to it. I'm like, oh, so 
It's you get it's he's possessed someone else's body. But then also, I didn't understand the core of this is this movie made me feel dumb and I don't appreciate that because I couldn't I didn't understand what was going on. I got mad because it's like all of a sudden, you know, she's in you know Egypt and she's like fighting, but then she's like seems like she's getting tired. She gets shot and she's bleeding. I'm like, oh yeah, she gets shot. I'm like, why, then why does she have a goddamn shield? Like you know, I'm asking all these questions and it's just like she's limping. I'm like. Is she getting weak? And keep in mind, this is like an hour and a half into the movie. We see Wonder Woman at the very beginning, about minute 16 in the mall. We don't see her as Wonder Woman again until over an hour later in the movie. And I hate to be picky about this too, but as she's in this car with Steve trying to chase down this guy, she just goes, and she's got her her, her uniform on under it, gets out of the car and just starts running. I'm like, What? Clean just, lines. That's always there, huh? Okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, again, we'll go back to Hulk. He hulks out, his pants stay on, all right? So, I mean, look, we'll we'll talk about wardrobe stuff all day long, but I'm just like, <sighs> again, when that happens, I'm like, you're taking me out of this, like... Yeah. yeah. But the whole point was, when this was happening, I didn't understand. They're so heavy-handed in this movie, so heavy-handed on so many things, but with this, yeah. I didn't understand that she was getting weaker. Like, I didn't understand that until she fights Barbara at the president's, like, at the White House, which I was like, why is she so weak? I was like, is Barbara siphoning her power? Like, because she said she wanted to be like Diane, so is she, like, taking her stuff away from her? But I was like, no, but but then I realized, I'm like, oh, not only not until that point did I realize, I'm like, oh, by having Steve around, it's making her weak. And I'm like, yeah. why am I just? I didn't. I didn't understand I like that transition. Set, we could have set that those rules, and we could have seen her earlier. Like maybe someone drops something, and she goes to catch it, and then like it slips, and she's like, "That's weird." Went much earlier in the movie, like set set the yeah. the seeds of doubt or plant those seeds of doubt much earlier, so that when that happens, we're like, "Oh shit, it's really kicking in now." You know that that could have been such a a much more impactful moment. Also, do you find it? Do you think it would have been more powerful or less powerful? Because Steve had to convince her to let him go. Like Steve was like, "You got to let me go." He was also like, "There's probably other dudes out there, right?" Like, I mean, he was he was throwing everything out there. Like, you got to let me go. I thought, you know, also this guy's parents are gonna wonder who you are, right? And why I don't remember anything, anything. about my childhood. You know, um, and I'm just. Oh, Stick, Stick and Stone says they had the lock on the garage part. That's a fair point. I still wow, didn't understand fuck, it. I completely missed that. You're right. Again, it was just one of those things yeah. where I'm like, it didn't compute with me. It's like, yeah. why is this? I guess it's just a strong lock. You know, it's made good. You know, it's made tough. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't like the fact that Steve was essentially begging her to renounce her wish. Like something about that to me, I was like, this doesn't fit with the strong character that we know that. I, I'm sure she can, and eventually she does, but also as soon as she renounces her wish, she's immediately powerful again, and she does the whole sprint to the scream as she runs, and I was just like, it feels so flat with me. Yeah. And you mean and then she starts flying? God damn it. All right, hold on. Hold on. We'll get to flying. <laughs> I want to go back to the wishes. I didn't understand what the fuck was going on with the world. The world was in complete and under chaos, and I couldn't understand why. Like, everyone was hanging out outside of Max Lord's place, right? Everyone's like, like people are swarming his place and you hear them announcing that like the stocks aren't available here or something like people are going to physically go to this location to buy stocks or something like I didn't understand it. And then like you start realizing that there's people, I guess people are going in, random people off the street are going in to meet with Max Lord and Max Lord is granting them wishes. I didn't understand that because I was under the impression that the people he was meeting with were very powerful people, right? And, so, and a lot of them were, right, to some degree. Like like Dollar Store Reagan. Like Dollar Store Reagan. Um, but but you also find out later, like, there's this weird line where there's this guy, like, wandering in the sleigh. He's like, you got to go. You got to get out of here. He's like, but my cows. My cows. I told him I wanted a, I wish for a farm, and now the cows are here. I'm like... Average people are coming off the street and he's granting them wishes. And I'm like, to what end? To what end? Yeah, that early on, why was he like, all right, I'm going to grant you this wish, but I'm going to take your bonds, your savings account. Like, 
what is he taking from these average people? Because he's obviously physically debilitating as he goes along. So he's not siphoning their health away. He's granting random wishes, but what's he getting in return? Like, I don't understand. Answer the goddamn question. Rob, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, look, look, <laughs> you could argue that it, it's it's to establish that he's got that power to make himself stronger. And eventually you do see that play out in the movie. Yeah. He does re- regenerate by taking all of these different wishes from people. Um, but it still doesn't make it any less confusing when it's going on in the moment. Um, it, that's just kind of the story. That's just the whole feeling, the whole story throughout the whole movie. It's like every step of the way was a little bit more and more like, okay. Yeah. Like, right. I found myself saying, okay, more than just kind of being immersed in the film. Yes. Right. That's a, that's a okay. great point. Right. Right. So I, distracting. I, yeah. yeah. And look, we could sit here and we could, we could go, we are only about, you know, maybe just over halfway through the movie at this point, we could go point by point by point, but we could talk about how he's flying a jet plane 66 years after he flew like a rust bucket back in world war one. And he's just, okay. doesn't know what an escalator is, but can fly a jet plane. No problem. <laughs> I hate and fish out of water stuff. I yeah. hate it with a passion. And I was like, why are we focusing on Steve? This is right. not called Steve 84. This is called wonder woman. And we have a whole sequence, which I know is supposed to be comic relief. And I love Chris Pine. Another thing I'll say, Chris Pine, Goddamn best. Like, I love that guy. He does phenomenal. I am, I'm right there with you. I don't give a shit about what he's trying to wear. I don't right. give a shit about him just being like, oh, an escalator. <laughs> right. Like, I don't give a shit. Also, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, but radar works even if you can't see something. That's its whole fucking purpose. So when it goes invisible and, and it just disappears from the radar that's not how radar works yeah but maybe you don't know it's maybe a special it, magic plane doug right it bends sound waves man it's cool it's and then cool. they and then they fly through fireworks that seems like a really he, dangerous thing to do again doesn't know what those are which is bullshit we've been celebrating yeah. fourth of july for many years is the war still happening do <laughs> <laughs> you think um, he, he would want to go in a plane after after his final act he'd probably have some right. ptsd with that that's for sure but uh but again we could we could go through all these individual things we mm. we have more topics to get to post this and we're we we have really gotten into this i want to i want to get to what rob wanted to talk about flying the flying i yes. want to i want to get to this so what what was your feeling when when she just finally caught that first wave of air was it just uh, awesome it was honestly what the fuck is happening right now i mean like <laughs> after the like so that's at the end of the film right so you sat through at least two hours of this thing uh-huh. and every step of the way being like what and then that happens and that just it almost kind of pissed me off just like uh, at least they sh- they had the courage to show her like lassoing lightning i'm like kind of buy that okay. you think that's courageous you think that's courage courageous it, look at doug you saw the film I did. It's a very, very small nugget of, of courage they had to. to, to that was the moment in, in the trailer where I was like, I don't think I'm going to see this movie. Like, that was a <laughs> defining moment where I'm like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> but look, I, the whole thing was just like, at that point, I was, it was just kind of done. And it's actually, it's funny. I was telling Justin this. Uh, so after that scene in particular, but after the movie ended, I literally put on Batman and Robin to <laughs> see if it was as bad as the movie I just watched. Spoiler alert, it's still the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. So it's not quite there. <laughs> but it put that seed in my head. It's like, well, I'm not, I've got to check right. out Batman and Robin because I remember being just dog shit. Right. And uh, I don't want to call Wonder Woman 84 dog shit, but it was definitely it's not a good not movie. strong show. Yeah, I no. think it's just not – it's not enjoy. It's it's a. It's not even that it's not enjoyable. It's just like, – technically, it's not a good movie. Yeah. It's just but not a good movie. Th- it, you've read more of the DC comics. Has Wonder Does Wonder Woman at any point – does she actually fly – not to my knowledge, and I actually started looking up today. I got side, sidetracked because I wanted to prep for the show. Um, I, no, I, I don't know of that being a thing. Um, yeah. You know, that's why she had the, the, the invisible plane. Right, absolutely. She, fly, I, she wouldn't need the plane. Right. She can jump, like, she can run fast. Like, she's got, she's got abilities to cover distances, but I don't think I've ever, I don't ever remember her flying per se. You know, so I, yeah. I don't know. Also, that's not how flying works. Like, you just can't catch a wind like that's just falling like you're you're falling you're plummeting towards earth there's no you're gliding at best 
you're gliding at best, but I mean, without any, I just, I'm sorry. I don't buy it. Nothing, nothing that we've seen has indicated that she can like hang glide without, uh, without proper attire. Well, I, I did just look this up that said that in her original comic book incarnation, Diana couldn't fly. Uh, it wasn't until after the crisis on infinite earth's reboot that Diana full on flew in her post crisis origin story. Okay. Diana was gifted with the ability to fly from Hermes with the help of some winged sandals. Okay. So All right. when, when did the crisis of earth um, comic book series come out? Does it have a date on there? God damn it. Bob, I don't know everything. I mean, you're Googling it on my phone. Cause I'm afraid to use my computer. Well, that's, fair. <laughs> that's fair enough. I but can't still it's yeah. I mean, okay. So in the comics, there is precedent for this, but again, it's not just by the love of Steve that she flies. It's, she has winged sandals and or she's got like it There's it just felt very it. out of place to it's like all of a sudden she just has this 1985 to 1986 okay there's just too much that packed in this film and there's just too much um weirdness that i couldn't get over in this film yeah all at once and they did it in two hours and 40 some odd minutes and it's just was too much. They had the real estate too. Like Wolf's lore in the chat just said, but they didn't establish anything. They don't earn her flying moment. No, like she just like, listens to hear remembering Steve what he said about what it's like to fly. And for the record too, that whole sequence was incredibly long of her just mm-hmm. in the, the air and yeah. just whatever. I mean, fast travel is a real thing in this film. Like, I mean, man, talk about and I'm not saying we have to watch her get on a plane. Yeah. You know, check her bag and, you know, you know, do all that sort of stuff. But I mean, the idea of Barbara calls her on the phone or she calls Barbara and she's like, there's this Mayan guy. She's like, we'll be there in the morning. I'm like, where the fuck are you? Like, I guess that's not impossible, but it just seems like, cool, we're here. I'm like, all right. And then at the end of the movie, when she's like, somehow she knows where Max Lord is somehow. And then she goes back to her apartment gets the golden armor and then just knows how to get there it's like all right two more things all right i'm sorry i want want to get to two more things number one max lord says hey i'll get you a tv it'll be 19 inches it'll be great you'll love it she goes i don't have a tv open up her closet door she's got a whole bunch of tvs that are closed circuit tvs that also just happen to catch the exact street that max lord's driving on on his way to the white house i'm like Okie dokie. So that's how she tracks crime. So that by the way, also the golden armor. What yeah. a waste of a thing. Like, yeah, that was, that was really disappointing. I mean, that was supposed to be like the, what the, the shining moment of uh, the story of the story arc there. And it got destroyed in what? Five seconds. Flat? Yeah. Like yeah. I understand Cheetah's is pretty powerful, but I'm like, what was the point of even digging there, saving this or digging this thing out? Like it, right. it served no purpose other than I guess she could fly what she already could do. And then she protects herself. It gets beat up. She drops the wings, and it's like, what was the point of that? Like it was, <laughs> yes, Slotty, gold is soft metal. That is true. It doesn't hold up that well. But I was like, I don't understand the point. And honestly, also the um, the final sequence with Max Lord, like, or she defeats him with empathy, right? Like that. Listen, I love empathy. I'm a proponent of it. We don't have enough of it in our world, but. To be like, it's like this moment where he's like, why are you talking to me? She's like, I'm not talking to you because I have my lasso wrapped around your leg and now everyone's renouncing their wishes. And even he's like, my son. And then he runs off. I was like, man, like maybe I'm just programmed for a big act three fight to resolve this issue. But I was like, man, this is such a weird way to end this. Here's the thing. So his son is the reason why he renounced all this. His son throughout the whole movie was clamoring for his father. So it's just like right there. It's just like now he had this aha moment where he had to go be with his son. It just felt very cheap. Also, we can agree that's not his son, right? (laughs) Also, we can agree that he's going to prison for the rest of his life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not with a son. I like like how this just wraps up as if now father and son get to go like – walk off into the into the horizon holding hands and having a great life together. I'm sorry, very much not. Your father is is a global war criminal. Like that's not just okay. Yes. And, and, Hug him and say goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's like 
I say that's not his son because that kid looks nothing like him. Like, I'm like, he's adopted. I'll just buy that. He's an adopted kid. Also, his son makes a wish. To see his father. What was the consequence? What was the monkey's paw? That he wouldn't get to see him. Right, he's going to prison. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad we fixed that, guys. I'm glad we could write that all together. And also, just real quick, too, the phrase monkey paw gets picked up real quick by Diana, who's never heard that before. Like, monkey paw. Because she refers to it as all these different things. And then when, like, Barbara confronts her, she's like, Barbara, it's the monkey's paw. I'm like, what? Okay. Is that just going to call? All right. Okay. That's Your cool. Your accents are on point tonight, Doug. Thanks, man. I've been practicing yeah. all day. Killing it. Well done. Yeah. Um, oh, right, I want to get final final thoughts. Anyone have anything else that they want to bring up? Anything to touch on? Any, you know, lightning round, no pun intended, um, you know, things that 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 really pissed you off? No, I, my final review on this movie is it, it's visually stunning, uh, but it's a movie of missed opportunity. I think it's a great summary I, of it. That is a wonderful way to wrap that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, also, I'll say this. <laughs> oh, I do. Wolf's Laurel brings up they misspelled things in the credit. So that's also problem. What did they misspell? Uh, I, I guess I forget. what. Who was it? It was like I think they misspelled the Smithsonian or something like that. Like they they misspelled some of the places where they filmed. Nice. Classy. Oh my. Also, <laughs> I kind of liked the mid credits sequence. I kind of liked. Did you that With they Linda had Carter? Linda Carter? Like I kind of like I was like oh that's Linda Carter that's kind of cool like Thanks, because homage. she mentions I'm how surprised she, I, I like how she mentions because I was they're going like they mentioned this woman who came and fought off but they she right. could never find her I'm like I hope that's foreshadowing something and sure right. enough there was I'm like oh that's kind of a nice nod to Linda Carter that's pretty cool yeah yeah all right well guys that was Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> I'm glad we got that out of the way it's been our review of Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, well, that was a thing that we yeah. just did. Um, I before we run out of time, I, I definitely want to get into. Um, I, I feel like we've got two other things. DC deciding to have two cinematic universes, and Michael Keaton is the new Batman. Just because we obviously, obviously, we're going to have to have you back. But Keaton <laughs> is sorry. Keaton's <laughs> your guy. Talk to me about that because I'm super legit worried that. They like I I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. Make me feel better about it. Well, I can't right now, only because I don't think the uh, Warner Brothers Studios knows really what they're doing right now. They, there's been the movie The Flash. No surprise gone, there. Yeah, the movie The Flash has gone through a lot of different incarnations. It's been dropped a couple times. There's been a lot of questions if it's ever going to get off the ground. And signing Michael Keaton on to this whole multiverse Flashpoint into the story arc of, of the Flash has breathed a, a ton of new life into the whole project. So I think that, uh, and it's actually just been officially confirmed. I want to say last week, um, you know, legitimate press was actually announcing the fact that Keaton is signing on for the main Batman character in that, in that story arc. Um, They're not really quite sure about what they're going to do to flesh it out. But right now as it stands, Affleck's Batman and Keaton's Batman are going to both be Batman in this story. Uh, It's going to be a multiverse story. Um, There's questions about where Pattinson um, is going to fall into this, if at all. But there are there are talks about Pattinson having a trilogy, although I'm hearing right now that Matt Reeves and Pattinson are not getting along at all. Yeah, and very contentious. A serious concerns that this movie is actually going to finish. And if it does finish in like what state it's going to finish in, yeah. I've got a lot of high hopes for it. it I mean, the trailer is incredibly gritty. Uh, it's very exciting. It's got this uh, the crow feel to it, which yeah. I'm, I'm pumped about. Super dark. And you didn't think it can go any darker. It sounds like it's going really dark. Um but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, DC has made no qualms about doing this whole, now that they've got HBO Max, they're they're starting to explore what's going to go direct to streaming, what's going to go to studios, to the movies, and what's going to do both. And what they're trying to do is, no surprise, take uh, a page out of Marvel's book and Disney Plus and say, well, we can establish this one character, like Harley Quinn, uh, and then we can go ahead and have her own show on a streaming service, which, by the way, Bird of Prey, in my opinion, far better movie than 84. And it's not that great, but it's way more enjoyable to me. It's what I've heard I need in to general. watch that one still. It, it's it's fun. I'll give you that. I mean, Margot <clears throat> Robbie's awesome at her character. But anyway, that's what they want to do. So they kind of want to establish these kind of sub-characters. Uh, Black Adam has been talked about being teased in the film and then having his own spin-off show on HBO Max. So they're trying to like set this whole thing up where you've got 
streaming services and uh, movie uh, productions and then tying all that together in some like cameo appearances here and there. Um, but in terms of the flash, that's what, that's where they're going. They're, they're, they are pegging Michael Keaton to be a Batman beyond type character in uh, the flash, which for those who don't know that, that is a, a really dark Batman storyline uh, where it's an older Batman, a more vengeful Batman, a more jaded Batman. And I think, so I read today that there's a lot of f fan clamoring to have Tim Burton film this new Batman Beyond film or even The Flash, but they've got a director for that mm. because the whole idea is that it would put a lot of closure to Tim Burton's um, vision of Batman um, in the 90s and to now. And I think it would be really interesting to see that. I, yeah. I always love Burton's direction because he is incredibly gritty and I think it would align really well with that whole story arc. Um, but look, we're two years out. I mean, we're not going to know anything about this until next year. Uh, and, you know, next year they've got 10, I think 10 DC movies coming out, whether it's direct to streaming or it's going to be on the big screen. So they're trying to do a whole bunch of stuff right now. But I'm excited about it. Keaton is my guy. If you, with Pattinson and Reeves having some issues for both of you, if you had to recast is it do you replace the director or do you recast the film oh, man that's a really hard question i you know i think it depends on really what what really is the issue what is it is it the actor is it uh is it the director like you know you got to have empathy right. you got to hear both sides you got to see what's going on you got to see what is really the out. issue you know and is it reconcilable is it not like i don't know like i right I would have, I mean, honestly, you're fucked either way. Because yeah. if you recast, oh, 100%. if you yeah. recast Pattinson, everything you shot is worthless. So I think you probably have to switch directors at that point, and that's dangerous. That really works gonna, out. You're not going to recast Pattinson. If anything, you're going to recast a director. And from what I'm understanding is that um, Matt Reeves is pushing Pattinson to the edge. That's, that's what's happening. I don't know what that means, but apparently he's just really, I don't know if it's, he's trying to push him creatively or he's just pissing him off. Here's what I think about uh, Michael Keaton and multiverse and the DCEU. That's how I feel about it. Um, so cavern. It's like the Bat Cave. It's a Bat it's, Cave. It's a Bat Cave. It's a Bat Cave. You didn't give it a chance. You just so, went straight to farting. Yeah. No. I. Uh, I think it's. I think it's a terrible idea. Here's what I'll say: is I agree that I'm like this seems like. So here's what I'll say. Uh, this seems like the last grasp at sanity of someone who's slowly slipping into madness. Uh, -huh. uh them just trying this is like they're throwing everything at the wall this could just be crazy enough to work they might like they th by going nuclear like this they might actually find something that works for them so let me let me just say this we've seen keaton recently in some superhero films um i i think he's still got it i think he's still a believable character he plays a really good villain he's very intense yeah. um He's very charismatic. It could work. It could also really not work. Um, I think um, you're doing a multiverse uh, and in something that's already a clusterfuck. You're attempting to reboot, which I guess it's, it makes the most sense from a writing perspective. Um, but I, I, I think um, they're being too ambitious. They're, they have too many things going. They don't have a cohesive Kevin Feige there that's going to keep everything going together. I think they should just do standalone franchises like they used to do. Don't do them connected. Make it work that way; they'll be successful. That's my thought. I agree. I agree. They're 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 far more successful by doing standalone films. Um, we saw that with Top Hills Joker. I, I hope to God they don't greenlight a uh, Joker too. Yeah, I think um, they already have. There's been rumors about it. I, I okay. don't know. I mean, both both Phillips and Phoenix has said that in order for them to sign on again, it's going to have to be the creative direction of both of those guys, like it was for the first one. So yeah. So uh, I I I agree that they shouldn't do a. Uh, I don't think they should do another Joker, but I think we're going to, unfortunately, I think we're probably going to get one. Hopefully not. I do agree that standalone films are the way to go. What I'm saying is that this is look when nothing is working and you're not going to listen to reason and do standalone films. Why not just fucking swing for the go fences? Crazy. It's not like you're going to mess it up worse. So let's like, just I'm, see what happens. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. I'll watch it. I'll give it a shot. You know what I'm a fan of? The other thing that DC could try a throwdown. Welcome to the Throwdown. Hey, did you guys know that Rob made that song? What? 
He did. It's he wrote great. and performed yeah. and did that. Thank you, Rob. We love you. You're welcome. Today's throwdown is going to be Cheetah versus Sabretooth. So Cheetah from the Wonder Woman movies versus Sabretooth from the X-Men. Uh, we're only going movie universe. Uh, based off of that, uh, I'm definitely saying Cheetah. What do you think? Yes. Uh, yeah, Cheetah. I think Cheetah wins. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Cheetah for the win! <laughs> Quickest throwdown ever. Nice. Cool. Hey, cool. Uh, Rob, what do you got to recommend for people who are listening out there to things? Uh, music, uh, videos, otherwise? So, I mean, I've been I've been uh, telling Justin this for a long time. Uh, if you haven't yet watched it, catch up on Peaky Blinders. It is just amazing. Uh, it's one of my favorite shows out there. And also, a lot of fun, um, predictable, but really fun, Cobra Kai. It just we they're digestible. They're 25 minutes long. You can just blow through them. They're just a ton of fun. So I, I'd highly recommend those two. Awesome. Justin, how about you? I would say good luck with everything. Uh, it's a movie. It's a micro-budget film. It was made for $1,300, and it's on Amazon Prime or Prime Video. Director is Chris Riggi, Riggi R-I-G-G-I. It's called Good Luck With Everything. Um, it's not going to be for everyone, but it is, I think, a sterling example of what you can do with no money. Doug, what do you got? Uh, there's a band called Spanish Love Songs that I've fallen in love with recently. They had an album come out in October called Brave Faces, everyone. In particular, it, it uh, features two songs, Self-Destruction as a Sensible Career Option and Kick. Highly recommend it. Go check it out. It's awesome. It's a great rock album. Can't recommend it enough. All right. Hey. Right Bob, Rob, Bob, Rob, Rob. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. My pleasure. Uh, you're the absolute best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. That's a Karate Kid Cobra Kai reference. Follow us on all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. Follow us on twitch.tv slash MindGap Podcast. Uh, check us out. It's going to be great. Uh, Justin, you you exist. What are your things? That's what are your true. Socials? On Instagram and Twitter, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. While you're in the online realm, check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, 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 Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, all those things. Share, rate, review. The big one is sharing. Please share us out. And then twoeastaith.com slash mindgap and twoeastaith on all social medias. We got uh, a ton of stuff coming out. Uh, uh, websites always being updated. So check us out. And uh, that's all I got. Awesome. Rob, thank you so much for being here for the seventh time. My it's been an absolute guys. pleasure. Excellent. Ju fun. Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Twitch, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Have a dandy fucking week. <laughs>